With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophie Alexandra. And we got men talking about their personal experiences with abortion, y'all. That's right. Um, This is a heavy and a timely episode because um, basically it was so timely we interrupted our Helsinki series for it, right? Yeah. Shit's been happening, you guys. Basically, there's been four states that have passed these heartbeat bills in the United States right now. Georgia, Alabama, Missouri, and Louisiana. Making any flicker of cardiac activity be, if a doctor can detect it, then uh, it's illegal to perform an abortion. And that's not even the heartbeat, actually. It comes from the fetal pole. So the flicker of activity that you see on the monitor is not even really a heartbeat yet. And it's also at the point at which most people are just realizing that they're pregnant. If then, if they even know at that point. I mean, you're lucky to know at that point. You would have to be, yeah, it doesn't always work out like that. Yeah, people say that you have to know your body really well to know that you're pregnant at six weeks. And also, I feel like people just think of uh, abortion um, as a women's issue because women make the decision. But it's not a women's issue. It is uh, an everybody issue. An everybody issue because it takes two people to make a baby. And guess what? Uh, without the sperm, we can't really get pregnant. <laughs> we we're not like some rare lizard that can just like. <laughs> yeah, we can't just for, like, grow a penis if we need one. Reproduce ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, Courtney and I have both had personal experiences. Uh, Yeah, when I was 23, I had an abortion. Um, You know, I really, I'm going to explain my own story on a future episode. But yeah, basically, I 1000% to this day feel like it was the best decision. And I made the choice because I think it was at that point in my life. And I felt, you know, I grew up Catholic. And even though, you know, my politics were pretty liberal. I never thought that I would be a person that got an abortion. Like I thought that that would, that was like fine for other people, but I wasn't going to be one of those people. And guess what? It turned out I was one of those people and I had to make a really hard choice and I can talk about it now, but I literally couldn't talk about it. I didn't tell anyone for at least two years. Um, I wrote an essay about, about it because, you know, over the years, obviously I became comfortable talking, you know, to other people in conversation about it, but I felt like I have a sex and dating podcast and that's a glaring omission that I haven't talked about my personal experience with something that comes from having sex. So I helped pay for my best friend and college's abortion. Um, and you know, I saw firsthand that it was absolutely, uh, vital that she have one. The person she was with was like emotionally and verbally abusive. Yeah. And was not a good 
situation and they were both in college and it's just, it wasn't a good, it wasn't good. And I also saw firsthand like how physically demanding and horrible it was on her and emotional. And, um, it was, yeah, I got very sick. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, recently, um, so, uh, our surrogate miscarried and, um, basically it wasn't what you think of traditionally when you think of a miscarriage, you think that, you know, uh, your body purges itself of the pregnancy. But in our case, um, there was a heartbeat and then, uh, she went in for a checkup and then there wasn't a heartbeat. And, um, this is at 15 weeks. So that's the second trimester. And she had to go and have an abortion, um, the next day. I think that's a part of it that a lot of people don't think about when they think about this kind of legislation. Robin Marty wrote a handbook to a post-Roe America. It came out in January. I had the pleasure of interviewing her. We'll probably air some of that on a future episode. But she became like the abortion advocate that she is today because she had a miscarriage. And it was incredibly hard for her to find the proper care because it is this hot button issue. Mm -hmm. And it's really risking women's lives. And it scared the shit out of her. And she was also like, I wanted that baby. But I can't imagine if I didn't want that baby in my body. Wanting to get it out even more. uh, You should be able to have an abortion for any reason. Because enforced pregnancy is, I mean, that's not having bodily autonomy. It's somebody essentially making your body like a slave to their government or um whatever who whatever party happens to be in power and uh i think also uh you know our surrogate she lost a lot of blood mm-hmm. when they did the dnc and um just imagine if she didn't have access to a good doctor and she went somewhere to get this done on the down low because she couldn't have access. She very likely was a crime to have a miscarriage, something that you can't even control. And we were both so sad, obviously. Yeah. And this isn't something that we wanted, but I can't imagine also thinking that God, she could have lost her life. If she, if we were in another state, she could have bled to death because of one of these laws, you know, it's, it's, it's heavy. People don't think, uh, that they'll be affected because they're like, well, you can just go to another place. First of all, uh, financially, that's not always possible. Second of all, these laws can still get you. They're not really, uh, people don't know the implications. And there's no exceptions for rape and incest for a bunch of them. Yeah, it's just a multifaceted issue. And, you know, we both obviously felt like it was really important that we brought this to the show. Like I said, I wrote about this a couple of months ago. You can read the essay on Hello Giggles. Um, but I felt like it was really important for me to share my story. But we hear women shouting their abortions that, and that's so necessary. And But it also feels like women are required to kind of parade their trauma around for for any sort to be taken seriously in any kind of way. For any change to happen, it needs to be like, you know, oh, for me too to get traction. Like, let's air all the times that we've been assaulted. We all have to say it together. Hashtag shout your abortion. Oh, okay. It's so, so, so many women. Yeah, that's right. Because it affects, it's really common. And, and like, you know, someone, you totally know someone. So yeah. Chances are your mom had one, you know what I mean? The people that you think of as being like, maybe 
uh, some sort of morally superior people. No one is morally superior. Anyone can get accidentally pregnant. You don't know anyone's story. You don't know what happened. So the first, if your first instinct is to judge, I think uh, this series is going to be for you. Yeah. I mean, Matt talks about his dad had one, right? Yeah. So basically what inspired this series, men talking about their personal experiences with abortion came because we saw our friend Matt Monroe posted. I sent it to Sophia. I was like, did you see this? And I was like, I did see it. And then we were talking about it. And then we were like, huh, have you seen any other men post about this? And we were both like, no. no. And then we were like, well, are we, is this just anecdotal? So we went and we searched our timeline. Actually, like a day or two later, I saw someone else post, but it, it was like weird because it was only two people I've ever seen post about that. I only had the one man. It was Matt. And I searched my timeline and that was it. That was it. And we were like, isn't it strange that abortions uh, happen because of two people, but only one, one gender them, is constantly yeah. required to parade their trauma? And also, though, uh, not it's not just a negative for women. It's also negative for the men because they never get to express their complicated feelings and their experiences with abortion. And so then it becomes this alienating gender thing. And it's an important perspective on the matter. So... We talked to Matt about his personal experience, and then we have two other episodes coming at you. Uh, all the men, we spoke to five men total. All their stories are really varied and interesting, and, and we think that it's going to help you understand the issue in new ways. And also, I think it's important to note that more than one of these guys, almost every one of them, I think, at mm -hmm. the end, commented how cathartic it was to talk about it out loud. Not, yeah. not a lot of guys talk about this. No. And yeah, I mean, toxic masculinity, blah, blah, blah. It hurts everybody, but it's true. You know, if men never get a chance to process emotions, they don't get to have the same full experience of a human being that like a woman gets in that way. Yeah, it's good for everybody. So like I said, we talked to five guys total. Sophia got the most. I, I got a few messages, a few DMs about this. I got like 15 people. Yeah. I got a flood of these and... It was so interesting because, yes, men want to talk about their abortions. Yeah. They do. They just don't feel like it's their place and they're afraid. And um, that was like a common theme. Some of them wanted to remain anonymous. A lot of them. I would say most of the people that hit me up in my inbox wanted to stay anonymous. But the majority of the guys that you're going to hear from are loud and proud about their abortions or really think it's an important thing that, that they need to talk about. And we're so grateful to them. So this was Matt's post. He explains his abortion story. It starts, and now an abortion story. He tells the story that you, you guys are going to hear from him directly. Um, but the end I thought was so interesting. The last lines are, my point in talking about this is to state that there is absolutely no scenario where someone should be forced to keep a baby, regardless of age, ethnicity, financial background, health, or any other excuse you can come up with. Abortion is a choice only the person that is pregnant can make. And guess what? She knows what's best for her way better than you do. Amen. Amen, Matt. Thank you for sharing your story. And we're really happy to share you with our audience. 
So we are sitting here today with the person that spawned this episode, Matt. Did I, re- did I really? Matt, you're the inspiration. Uh, you oh are. <laughs> so we're sitting. You're my inspiration. <laughs> we're sitting here with Matt Monroe because you posted on Facebook and then Instagram. Is that right? Yeah. About in the wake of the all the Alabama abortion drama that had been happening, you posted about your personal experience. Yeah. What did your post say? So uh, it was about 12 years ago. I was single. Uh, I went to uh, my friend Becky. Uh, her brother had a, a house party, and I just went to the house party. I don't remember. I think it was a Friday or Saturday night. And uh, I ended up meeting this, this woman uh, named Sarah. And uh, she's a high school teacher in Jersey. I was living in Philadelphia at the time. And uh, we ended up sleeping together that night uh, after the party. And then uh, a few more times over the next four to six weeks, randomly. Noise. There was, there was no like <laughs> official. Sure. There was no like a, a official dating or titles or anything like that. It was just, it was pretty casual. And then uh, about, I guess like, a few weeks after the last time we were together, we didn't talk for a couple of weeks, which was weird because we had like a very like casual text, ongoing text conversation through the times we weren't like hanging out. And heard from her from a couple for a couple of weeks. And uh, this one particular night, I was uh, at a bar with my friend Chris, uh, and uh, we were eating, getting dinner, and drinking some whiskey. And he had actually just asked me, like, he'd known who she was because he was at that party, too. And he, he was asking me how she was. And I was like, good, we haven't actually spoken in a couple weeks, which is kind of weird. So I don't know if she's over it or whatever's happening. And then about an hour later, she called me. And I was a little buzzed, not drunk, a little buzz. And... Uh, one, it was we're very not funny. cops, Matt, and What's you're that? not driving. <laughs> What's that? I said we're not cops, and you're not driving. Yeah, I guess. I, but it's He's important. Like, I was just a point a, two, officer. I was a, just point two. It's important to the rest of the story. I feel like that I was not drunk okay. during this conversation. But uh, so she calls me, and it was very funny because when the phone rang, I remember very distinctly looking at Chris and being like, jokingly, I was like, "This is." Weird, because we weren't on a, like a calling, talking on the phone relationship. It was very text-based. So when she called, I looked at him and I go, uh, this is either her ending things with me or she's pregnant. And it was just a very casual joke. Uh-huh. And uh, he laughed and I answered the phone and went outside and we ended up talking and she was, of course, pregnant. And uh, What was your first, what was your initial reaction? I don't remember having any like initial reaction. It was very much like... I think I had must have subconsciously thought that that might have been the case because when she actually said it, it was very much like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. We were super not responsible about the sex we were having, so it wasn't like that far in a concept. But did your heart like fall like when you get like bad news or? Not at the phone call. I think throughout like the following ensuing days, I had that feeling a little little bit. shocked. But I think at the time, I was just so like, I was a little, you know, I had some drinks in me and I think I was it was more just like oh yeah that that's a thing that definitely definitely happened <laughs> like it was just more just You're like, like that an acknowledgement. checks out holy yeah, shit it totally yeah. totally checked out yeah absolutely um so we uh she we, you know we talked on the phone for for about an hour and a half I'm just sitting outside the bar like on the sidewalk <laughs> talking to her was she crying what was she like she wasn't crying on the phone uh she had already decided that she wasn't uh she wasn't going to keep it, and I agreed with her. And uh, when 
I mean, she was very sad for sure. Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember her crying. It, I mean, it was a long time ago, but I, I, I think she that had time had already passed. I think she had mm-hmm. probably already known for a day or two. I don't think she called me that day. Um, but uh, she was particularly so. I mean, we talked a, a lot about it, and she it was a interesting case with it because she had uh, I don't know. It's not a disease, but she had a, a condition where she had an extra uterine wall that like split her uterus in half yes that uh, my friend had that yeah like two wombs sort of that's gonna um, be my rap but, name but that <laughs> two wombs no it's like let it's harder to conceive right because if an egg attaches to that mm-hmm. middle wall it immediately is doesn't it can't it can't be a child so it like it i don't know what the exact numbers are but it, it, it lowers uh, the chance of conception so she was extra like sad about it because she was like i can't I don't think we should have this kid right now, but also like I may never get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. Like that was a legitimate concern. So she was like extra sad about that. And I was too. Um, And then I was extra sad because like we're, she and I are both pretty like successful people like in our, you know, in our lives. So like, and we have very good families and like if that, like if we had had that kid, that kid would have been perfectly fine and there's so many <laughs> she's so confident well i just i just know like i mean she's in she's a high school english like, teacher i have I'm the resources a, to take care yeah of. you know like i we we have resources is a good way to put it like you know she's a high school english teacher i'm an engineer uh-huh. like we both have good families like the kid would have been in pretty good shape as, as best we could provide the kid sure. would have been provided for you know um so like that's where i was just like ah, oh, that, that kind of sucks because there's so many kids that are born in wor- way worse situations so there was a little bit of sadness on my end from that and probably hers too. Was there any part of you that was like, actually, have you thought about keeping it? No. Um, I mean, I had that thought to myself, uh-huh. you know, as, through the course of the weekend and the ensuing weeks and everything like that. Not that I wanted to keep it, but I was like, you know, I had those. It was and probably still is the most adult thing that's ever happened to me. Uh, I was 25 at the time and she was 24. Um, so it was very much like, oh, like I'm, I'm a man now. <laughs> like I did a man thing. <laughs> like I impregnated a woman, which was crazy. And so like, there was parts of me that just like, it wasn't that I wanted to have it so much as I was like, I, like I was looking at the pros and cons of it. And uh, there, I was finding more pros in it than I would have thought had it not happened. Like I was like, oh, this that actually would be kind of cool, and uh-huh. I I would think I would be a good father and, and that sort of stuff. So I definitely thought of it from that perspective, but like I totally agreed with her that it was probably not a great idea. Yeah. Do you think that you would have had a different conversation with her if, when she called you, she hadn't already made up her mind? In what, like, if she wanted like my input on it, like if she was like, I am not sure. Right. Do you think that you would have then had the courage to say, you know, like if this is something you would want to do, like we have the resources to take care. That actually, we did say that. So like I, she, she was pretty, you know, straightforward that she didn't want to keep it, but we still like talked about the idea. And I was just like, and I just told her, I was like, just so you know, like if, if this was something that you, that you wanted to do, I would want to be involved. You know, like I, I'm totally a hundred percent on board, but like, we just didn't know each other, you sure. know, like, then the whole thing was so strange because after, you know, she didn't want me to come with her or pay, or she was taking all care of all that. What was crazy was that like, she didn't that, want you to help pay. She didn't want, no, she didn't want any, Why? any assist. I don't know. Well, she was taking care of it through like her family doctor. And I think her sister was going to go with her and she just, she, I offered, she didn't want me to be involved with it. What was crazy was that she had to like, she couldn't do it for like another week. 
because she had already plans to go like down to the beach with her family. So she had like spend the entire like long holiday weekend with her family, like knowing that was going to happen on the following Tuesday. That must have been been super rough. Um, But yeah, she didn't really want me involved with it. But after we didn't talk for like the next few weeks and then she called me and we got dinner, uh, probably like a month after it happened when she was like ready to like, I guess, see me again. And we got, we got sushi and we talked about it and, it was weird because like I And then you were like, You wanna do it again? No, <laughs> <laughs> well no, but I but I I like liked her more afterwards. Oh. We had never like talked about like being an actual couple. That was never like a thing that I had liked her and I would have pursued that, but she, she didn't seem like she was interested in that even from the beginning. But afterwards, like I definitely like felt closer to her because like we had like obviously gone through some real adult shit and like she didn't want to pers- she didn't see that as a thing but it was definitely something that like i brought up i was like i know that's probably weird but like i feel way closer to you now so if like you want to i understand that you don't want to see me like that but if you do like that's something that i'm definitely open to and and she wasn't into that which was fine um but it was that was an odd reaction i didn't see that coming that sort of tracks though right because you did go through something yeah, was- really big and for her it was probably like even more traumatic than it was for you. So she's no, of course it was more traumatic for her because she has to deal with the physical effects. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, no, I've had one like, yeah, (laughs) I know. (laughs) No, I'm just saying like, you're giving him a lot of credit being like, maybe it was more traumatic. (laughs) Well, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, I literally just that the next day I took off of work and drove to Atlantic city and just sat at a poker table for 18 hours and just kind of like spaced out. That was my way of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. I didn't tell anybody. Oh. Like before the, before I made that post online, uh, neither of my parents knew. So that those posts made them both call me. <laughs> like, what were what were those convos like? My dad's was very basic. Uh, it was very much like he had told me that he had been through one in the past, and he was like, "I'm sorry, you had to deal with that." And you know, it was very like cool, like it was fine. And my mom was a little more insulted that I never told her, but that's goes, that has nothing to do with that's more so that my mom lives in Europe and I guess she kind of just has like a, a like a little fear that like, she's not included in my sure. life. So I had to just reassure her. I was like, literally nobody knew Chris who was with me that night knew. And my best friend Maggie from Philadelphia, who was like, who I called and talked her ear off for that weekend. were the only two people that have known until I made that post. Did it change because you're saying like this kid could have would have had a chance between the two of us and like did it change the way that you thought about yourself like i know for me i was like i never thought i it's not that i thought it was bad necessarily but i never thought it was something that i was going to have to go through does that make sense yeah i mean it was never something that i really thought about before it I mean, it was a thing I knew existed and the potential of sure. it happening could obviously happen, but it was not something that I very, I really considered very often. And then honestly, like over the years, it's kind of gone away for me. And again, that's where the whole, like, she obviously has dealt with way more than I have with it. Like I didn't, I've never forgotten it obviously, but like, it's not like a thing that resonates with me on a regular basis over the last 12 years. But I would say the same for myself, Mm -hmm. even physically going through it. But I did go through this period of time right after where it was traumatic in that it totally affected how I thought about myself. It was basically like internalized shame about from going through it. Uh, No, I know. I never felt any shame, honestly. Like I felt like it was the right call um, for both of us. And I never 
I never really felt shameful about it because I always considered that as like a legitimate medical operation, I guess. For people that, that don't want to do that, I've always been super pro-choice and it's never been, it's never even like a thing that like I, I was honestly just happy like she involved me in it at all. Like she, I could have never known about it. It was like we had literally hung out maybe five times total. And we slept together every time. Like, that was all we were, you know, mm -hmm. it was very casual. So if she had never called me, I couldn't even, like, be mad at her for that because we didn't know each other, really. Um, and I actually, uh, that she actually reached out to me after that post. She found it somehow. I didn't even know we were social media friends. It's been so, we haven't spoken since 2009. Um, and she reached out to me and we talked uh, on Facebook for, like, 20 minutes, I think it was last week or like a week and a half ago. Wow. And she told me that she like, she loved that I put, cause I didn't know that she would even have read it. And so when she reached out to me, I was like, I'll delete that stuff if you want me to. Like I didn't mention her name or anything that would give her away. But like, she was like super happy that I posted that stuff because she has been like, it's something that she's held with her for the whole time. She's been like super sh shameful, like this is what you were saying. She felt very a lot of shame with it. She felt bad for me that like I wasn't involved, and then there was some drama after it all went down. Uh, about uh, say probably like a year after uh, the abortion happened, she started dating some scumbag dude. And the only reason I know that is because one particular night we ran into each other on the street. It was her and this guy and me and my friend's girlfriend. I was taking her to his surprise party, her boyfriend's surprise party. And we ran into each other and like just very casual. It was very not weird, just hugs. Hi, how you doing? And then like three days later, she told me that like she had to tell that guy how she knew me and through all that stuff. And he like freaked out about it and was like, you can't talk to that dude anymore. Because it was like this weird thing that we had that he couldn't deal with. So, oh, that's so we didn't weird. talk for we didn't talk for a couple of years while while they dated and then um so anyway long story short she reached out after he the felt after, threatened he felt, that yeah, you he felt guys threatened yeah he felt threatened was like abortion. oh so you don't love me enough to have an abortion with me essentially I don't yeah essentially uh it, it was very odd so we didn't talk for a couple of years and then when they broke up she re reached out again that was back uh in like 2000 it was a long time ago before this last time she reached out it was like it had been like nine or 10 years before we had spoken. But she, she told me that she had uh, been carrying like a lot of shame with her over the last like 12 years. And she said me talking about it, like gave her the confidence. She didn't want to tell anybody. She didn't really talk about it and she wanted to. And so like she said, me posting that stuff made her more confident to talk about it. And she's actually like, has been like telling some people about it since she read my post about it, which is cool. I think that is cool. Um, but she had like, I think she had felt some guilt involving me and I don't know if it was more like her not staying in touch with me or like that she had made that decision essentially without me even though she told me about it and I had to like tell her that I was like no I've never felt anything like that like I was totally <laughs> on board with it I think it was the right choice um but it's definitely something that she's dealt with for like the last 12 years since it happened for sure I wanted to ask you uh have you ever talked to uh, another man about abortion um like theirs or mine? Yeah, either. Uh, yeah, that was something that I put in that post, I think, was that like I, I, multiple women have told me they've had them and no guy has ever mentioned it. I was corrected. My friend, my buddy from many years ago did tell me about one uh, that he had or his, his girlfriend at the time had that I completely forgot about. But other than that one, I've never been, no guy's ever told me ever. And he's, he was like my best friend at the time. Wow. Um, but yeah, no 
guys ever seem to talk about it, which, and I didn't talk about it either for a long time, but it really, I would talk about it in casual conversation. I like, I've actually like mentioned it on first dates and stuff like that. Like it was never like a thing that I was like super shameful about, or I thought it was a relatively normal occurrence. Like not, you know what I mean? Like the numbers are on your side. It's very common. Yeah. I think it was pretty common. And I, I, so I was never weird about talking about it. I, the you know, the only reason I posted it publicly was just because that stuff was happening and I just like never saw any guy mentioning it ever, which was odd to me. But that's a pretty big thing to post. I mean, it literally was the first time I've ever seen. And it, since yeah. then, I've saw like maybe one other guy post something about it. I don't know. Zero I, in my timeline. I don't even know you. why I did it. I literally like woke up and it was the second passing. What was the second one? Was it was Alabama the second one or the first one? Missouri. Or Missouri was the second one? Yeah. Whatever the second one was. It's Whatever. Hard to keep track. I, it literally wasn't a thing where like I even considered it. It just I just woke up and I was in bed and I just decided to like post it. I didn't think it would it's the most liked thing I've ever put online before, <laughs> which is weird. But I it, I it makes sense considering what was like tracking during the day. I'm sure it's algorithm based, but doing I, it for uh, the gram, baby. No, yeah, oh my god. <laughs> I just I just I didn't put a ton of thought into it. All I really thought was like, I don't think she'll see it because I don't think we're, and even if she does, I'm not saying anything that's wrong. Uh, I actually did say something that was wrong. For some reason, I put in the post that she had three kids now and she actually only has one. I have no idea why I thought she had three children. Uh, but she luckily did get pregnant again, even with uh, her utero condition. So that's good. Yay. Um, but yeah, I, I, it didn't, I didn't put a ton of consideration into posting it. It just seemed... Right, but I've also never really had a problem talking about it. Well, I'm really glad that you did. This is like the crucial missing component of the conversation. Women can shout their abortions like until they're fucking blue in the face, but you know, if guys aren't going to talk about their yeah. own experiences, I don't know what we're fucking doing. Especially if that's it's who's a lot of miracle pregnancies it. where yeah, it's exactly. only women talking about it. Like, yeah. there's generally a dude involved, from what I understand. I'm not. A, I'm not a doctor, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that is what's so weird about it. Is clearly it takes two to tango, and I I could understand that some men might not know the person that got me pregnant still to this day doesn't know right. i mean it was a whole fucked up relationship that was like a, a whole extra layer i wasn't like i don't have to like do this chore of like telling him or sure you know so i think that there are a number of women that have that similar experience but even if even half if the numbers the men are know, yeah even if half the men know that's a shit ton of guys and the only guys that i've actually talked to about it are guys that i have been with that have either been long-term hookups or boyfriends or something where it's come up and out of the last four, three of them have also had abortions. So it's very common, right? Yeah. I don't know. There, there must be, I mean, there's definitely obviously a stigma to it for everybody, uh, especially women. But I think, I think guys, maybe it makes them feel dirty Welcome to the creepy. club. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine why a guy wouldn't want to talk about it if he knew he had one. And I, I'm, I'm sure that it's just the stigma attached to it. Like it makes them come off like a scumbag, maybe, which I, I understand that thought process. Um, but I just think like way more people are having them than are talking about them. So I think, I think it's way more common. 
Uh, I mean, like my my dad had one in the seventies. Like I know. It, it's just like it, you know, like it it happens. Your parents, there's a good chance that everyone's all your listeners' parents have potentially had one. Yeah, um, it's pretty common. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's very odd. I just never guys don't. Re- it's not a thing that men talk about with other men. It's a real shame. This is why we're doing this. But Matt, <laughs> when you are about to hook up with someone, do you take into consideration? whether or not they're pro-choice and how they would handle an accident if it happens? Not even a little. I probably should, honestly. But um, yeah, I've made some some wrong moves since then. I made a wrong move relatively recently. Were you going <laughs> to say last night? <laughs> no, not last, last night, week? but like a month ago. <laughs> uh, I made a poor choice uh, with somebody that I don't know and haven't seen since <laughs> on their, them not wanting to see me again. He offended uh, you didn't let me know about this. Well, I haven't spoken in a while. I'll tell you all about it. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, I don't, honestly, I don't take it, that into consideration. I, I have like this. You don't have a fear. So I'm in control of it for myself as a woman who lives mm-hmm. in California. I feel pretty confident that, you know, if I needed to have an abortion, I could, and that I'm the person that is in charge of whether that pregnancy moves forward. But for a guy, isn't that scary? A little. I think that I, I don't. I can't speak for for other guys, but for me, I have a general level of confidence in myself that I wouldn't sleep with somebody that wasn't as progressive as I am. If that makes sense. I just I know that I can filter. I I I think I instinctively filter out people that I don't agree with on most that's just I'm 37 now and I've been dating for so long that like it's such a fucking around with somebody who doesn't match you in all those ways 100% basically like I it just happens like I won't even like go out with that person so if that if the situation arises I would think in most cases the person that woman would be super pro-choice but I'm also at a point where like if i do impregnate somebody and they want to have the kid that I'll just, I'll be involved with it, you know, as involved as they want me to be in it. I hope that doesn't happen outside of a long-term loving relationship, ideally. Um, but if it, if it does, you know, you, you take it from there and I can only, you know, have as much say as they allow me to have in that scenario. But to answer your question, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm not. Well, it does make sense that if you like know kind of where someone, the rest of someone's political leanings are, that you can kind of intuit it. And yeah. it might not be the most sexy foreplay to be like, <laughs> baby, would you get an abortion? <laughs> no, <laughs> but- that's, that's post-coital talk. Yeah. <laughs> that's spooning that's talk. talk, baby. Yeah, that's afterwards. <laughs> So if the worst happens, mm-hmm. what are we doing? <laughs> oh, She's God. falling asleep on your chest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should probably pay more attention to that sort of thing, considering I've already dealt with it. Um, but I'm, I'm just pretty confident in my selection. Was there anything you did after? I mean, this chick sounds pretty cool. But for me, I was fucking around with these dudes that I thought were like fun bad boys. And it wasn't <laughs> turned out to not be that fun. You know what I mean? So it made me like reconsider the kind of people that I would date. Did it have you take stock of anything like that? No. I've always been pretty confident in who I date. Like I've never, I have very, I have really zero horror stories. You have dope exes. 
Yeah, well, that's a whole other podcast, Sophia, about you and my ex girlfriends. Um, I love his exes, I, but I, I have a pretty, I, I have a pretty good select, like whatever it is. I don't, I don't date shitty people. I really, I've never really dated anybody very shitty, and I don't know if that's luck. It could He's just so be normal. It I could love be it. luck, but He's I, so yeah, well adjusted. He's like, I just choose other people who are just like a good match for me. I don't know what you guys are doing out here, but I know I'm like, why know. are you being so cocky? Yeah. I'm, really, I'm really not being cocky. I just, I don't have a. I don't. No, you just have self esteem. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I just don't have any, I really don't have any horror I mean, obviously they're not good matches for me. I'm very single at 37, but like, I, I just, I don't, I don't, I've never dated anybody where like, there's been like a revelation where it's like, oh shit, I fucked up. Gotcha. Uh, one alcoholic, I guess, but that was a. They're a, all good people. It just doesn't they're all, Yeah, they're all out. very good people. Um, so I also made a decision, which this is going to sound pretty cheesy, but I decided in my mid twenties that I would never sleep with anybody that I wouldn't get breakfast with the next day. That was like a, like that's a, the cutest thing I've ever heard. And that, and that might be all it was, you know, but I, I just, cause I just got sick of like, I was never like a big one night stand guy, but like, I, de- I didn't like the idea of sleeping with somebody that like I didn't like as a person. That you couldn't even stand. That I couldn't just talk to. Like, from. That, I, mean, yeah. I would never like sleep with anybody just because I was attracted to them. That that couldn't be the only thing. So I, maybe that's played a role in, in what we've been talking about. But I've I, it didn't really change after that happened. It didn't really change anything about the type of person I was dating. I think it did with her because that that uh, the guy that she dated next was an asshole. I don't know anything about him other than what she told me about him, but like that might have been what you're talking about with like bad boys or whatever. That's like I was a nice boy and and I'm still a nice boy. I'm still a sweet boy. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks to Matt Monroe for sharing his story publicly twice now and for inspiring the series. Yeah, that was uh, an incredible way to um, change our whole mindset about this. Yeah, I think it's really important for everybody to be talking about this, especially men at this point. Uh, So stay tuned for the next two parts in this three-part series of men talking about their personal experiences with abortion. Yes, and uh, we'll be back uh, right after our little abortion break with the rest of our Helsinki series. Hey, Sophia, what's this bomb-ass music? Oh, our incredible theme music, you mean? Oh, well, that is the good good by by our friend Amy Rosh. Find her on Spotify, Amy, R-A-A-S-C-H. She's the best. And this episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. We We love you, Mike. And your family. Say hi to the wife for us. If you like this episode or you're feeling generous, please leave us five stars and a sweet, amazing review on iTunes. And if you send us a screenshot of your review, we'll send you a super cute private parts unknown button. Seriously, take us up on this. Yeah, we got a we got cool buttons, you we guys. We got buttons that need homes. And if you didn't like us, what the fuck is wrong with you? Whoa, Courtney. Hey. You made it. They made it. Sophia, they made it all the way to the end of the episode. What happened? So maybe they didn't hate listen. What? They just listened. Oh, shit. That's right. Dropping truth bombs all over this place. See you guys next time. Bye. Okay, 
Round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.